Podcastians, this is Beagle, and we just wanted to let you know that there are some swear words in this episode that come out kind of abruptly and loudly. So wear your headphones for this one. I've got a lot of memories tied up in this place. So much time spent so little space. But look like the world through the eyes of a child. Kind of closes in on you after a while. It's a place to grow up and a place to grow up. Keep your mouth shut and you do what you're told. I told mama the day that I ran. This ain't no place for an angry old man. Mama, if you can see me right. This is Beagle. This is Pants. And today is... <laughs> What's the date? I don't care. I looked it up, and now I can't remember. I don't care what the date is. What do you think about that? I think that's smart. It's May 27th. Who cares? And this is... <laughs> going to make me laugh so much. This is episode number two of Beagle and Pants. And uh, before we dive into this week's documentary, I have some sort of uh, corrections to make. From oh, they're going to say some news. I was like... I have some news. <laughs> um, corrections to make from last week's episode. Oh. One was the BBC documentary on Vivian Meyer. We didn't mention the director's name. And her name is Jill Nichols. And I exchanged uh, some tweets with her through our Twitter feed, which is Beagle and Pants. And she sent me a link to a longer version of the film. It's about 20 minutes longer. Huh. And I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but I'm interested in watching it and looking at the extra footage. And if you are interested in seeing the longer version, just email us at beagleandpants at gmail.com and we'll send you the link. The other thing is that article by Rose Lichter-Mark that we talked about, Vivian Meyer and the Problem of Difficult Women. I said that I thought it was in the New York Times. It was actually in the New Yorker. Oh, I know. I know. And then finally, I know why I smelled Smelled what? You remember last week you were like, oh, why? Yeah, was, why? Why? I was like basically wearing perfume. This is okay. Yeah, I um, took a shower before I came over, and I have a salt scrub rub that's like ginger orange. Oh. So you kept being like, yeah. what's that smell? Are you wearing perfume? What's that smell? Oh. And I was like, it's the sandwich. It's the sandwich. I know. I was like, you better not eat that because <laughs> it doesn't smell like food. <laughs> so I was. I apologize for. I did smell lovely. Hiding it by saying it was your food. Yeah, I was too embarrassed. Too embarrassed that you smelled good? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hide it, hide behind my food. Yeah. People tell you you smell good, you're like, it's the litter box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that a new perfume? It's the compost. Yeah. It's the dump down the street. <laughs> I just farted. People are like, whatever. <laughs> She's lying. It's her. Uh, anyway. No, because then you would be saying it's bad things when we can smell that it's good things. So you would have to blame it on something that could smell good, but that wouldn't right. typically smell good. Because like the sandwiches, I was like, you're smelling something good. It's the sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so never mind. None of what I said was funny. No. Mm-mm. Okay. So those are the corrections. So the documentary that we watched for this episode is Winnebago Man. It was released in 2010, directed by Ben Steinbauer. 
the film is, it starts with this viral video of a man making an industrial sales video for Winnebago. And it's the outtakes. And during the outtakes, he is... I got to read it again because my mind is just shipped this morning. Express, <laughs> expressing his frustrations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of swearing. What the fuck was that? There's a lot of... Uh, I don't know. He's just extremely frustrated. What do you mean, one mother to fall off the fucking thing? And... He sort of became known as the Winnebago man and also the angriest man in the world because he does just seem so angry and so frustrated when something goes wrong. Well, but I think he's being so funny. Oh, it's hilarious. He does it with humor. Yeah. Yeah, he's not being angry at no, people he's, necessarily. He's like, it's like he's aware of how angry... He he's is. aware of how funny he's being. Right. I feel like. And he's also... I don't know if he's aware of how funny he's being, but he is aware of how he is contributing to his frustration. Yes, yes, yes. Listen, I've got to give a, a clue here now. I don't want any more bullshit any time during the day from anyone. That includes me. He yeah. is mad at himself. Exactly. He's also mad at Tony, the intern. Yeah. <laughs> what does the goddamn line say, Tony? What is the oh. goddamn line? And other people. Yeah. Commercial was being filmed in 1989, and the crew spliced all these outtakes together and made copies for their friends on VHS tapes, which I thought was amazing. And it became a viral video through VHS tapes. It was on VHS for 15 years before it hit the internet. I didn't know that there were viral videos on no, VHS I didn't either. tapes. No, I didn't know that. But became especially popular in the film industry. Like he's famous in, yeah, in the film world. Yeah. And he's been quoted in movies and stuff like that. Have you ever seen Curb Your Enthusiasm? I know of it, but I've never seen it. Uh, so Larry David, the fictional Larry David in Curb Your Enthusiasm is somewhat based on him. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So, again, this man became known as Winnebago Man and the angriest man in the world. So now it's 2007, and this director, Ben Steinbauer, wants to find this guy and find out, one, does he know about, about this? Yeah. Does he know that or he's kind of he famous? what does he think about it, yeah. Yeah, and how has that notoriety affected him? And I thought it was interesting that he went back and he sort of talked about two past examples of viral videos. And can you imagine being in the early, early days of the Internet being the subject of a viral video. No. Like today, people seek it. They they want it. Yeah. But in the early 2000s, uh, I think it was different. Yeah. Well, I mean, people are used to getting the idea of getting famous so quickly now. Right. It's been around like for years now, but back then it was so... And famous for doing something kind of stupid. Just being yourself. Right. Yeah. So one that he talked about was the Star Wars kid. Mm-hmm. Who, again, hilarious video of the kid. Yeah. <laughs> so sweet. 14 years old, um, taping himself, like doing a lightsaber mm-hmm. fight. And uh, classmates found it and put it online. Mm-hmm. And he was really bullied. There were people online telling him to kill himself. He needed to get psychiatric care. They sued the families of the classmates who released it. And 
you know, he was really bullied. And in the film, they say that that's the case where cyberbullying, the term, Mm -hmm. came up. And I did a little bit of research on him, and they it says that he definitely distanced himself from the video for a long time, but now he's sort of coming back out again and being like, yeah, I'm this guy, because he wants to bring awareness about bullying Mm. and... That's cool. And how talk about how that affected him and to raise awareness. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, the other guy they talked to was Alexi Vayner, mm-hmm. who unfortunately died in 2013. He did? Yeah. What happened? So. Oh, my gosh. He took some pills and had a heart attack. Oh, my gosh. And whether or not that was intentional or not, there are a couple of articles that provide some details that seemed to make it think like he was committing suicide Mm. um but Hmm. maybe it wasn't Hmm. um intentional but he was the yale student who (laughs) had an interview video called Mm -hmm. impossible is nothing where he was like interviewing himself and doing bench pressing and skiing and playing tennis and ballroom dancing and karate chopping bricks and all Mm. it was like ridiculous and that went uh viral and he also got a lot a lot a lot of you know, emails and mm-hmm. anyway, so he talked about those two early examples of viral videos and he wants to find out who's this Winnebago man and what was his story? How did this affect him? So he finds him. Uh, his name is Jack Rebney and he's in this super remote area of Northern California. Beautiful. Where he's basically a hermit living by himself, um, taking care of like a l- tiny little fishing area where there's like a guest cabin where people can come up and he's like the carekeeper. He does an interview with Ben Steinbauer where he's really pleasant and he's really professional. We find out that he learned about the video in 2006, but he really doesn't care about it at all. And so Steinbauer was just a kind of a little bit let down where he was like, oh, it didn't really affect this guy. He doesn't really care. And did I make too big a deal of this? And then a week or so later, he starts to hear from Jack. And Jack tells him he was putting on an act that initially he was really humiliated and angry about the video. And now he wants to tell his real story and wants to have the world see who he really is. So the director goes back and Jack is being himself this time. And Steinbauer is trying to convince him to connect with his fans and show them who the real Jack Rebney is. Jack hates that idea, and they get in all these fights. <clears throat> and eventually, uh, Steinbauer does convince him to go to a found footage festival screening in San Francisco, where he meets his fans. They love him. He loves them. <laughs> and uh, and he finally, in the end, realizes, finally understands that there is a camaraderie among people who have connected with the video. Like, he mm-hmm. finally gets it. Mm-hmm. Before, he he didn't get it. Right. Uh, so he finally gets it and, and he says sort of at the end, you know, people are facing adversity all the time. Uh, they can't or won't say what they truly feel. And he takes some pride in saying exactly what he has on his mind. So, uh, so that's the film in a nutshell. What did you think of the film? I was completely in love with it after Mm -hmm. I saw it. I just thought it was so funny. Mm-hmm. I loved him. I just love this guy. I would want to be friends with him mm-hmm. so much. Um, I don't know. I could just feel like I could kind of relate to him. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pretty into swearing. 
Yep. Um, <laughs> I am too. Yeah. Yeah. He's seriously like one of the nicest people. Well, that's exactly it. Where, you know, he's like, rawr, 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 rawr. Uh-huh. and the nicest person mm-hmm. and the sweetest person mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, people in the, in the film, after they, after he came in and they met him, they're like, oh, you can tell he's a really kind soul. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, he's like my grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's, I don't know. He's just a really likable guy. Yeah. Were there parts of it you wanted to discuss more? Well, okay. So, I these are the things I wanted to say. One, uh, the first time I watched it twice. The first time I saw it, I really appreciated Jack Rebney. Loved him. Thought that he was incredibly entertaining. And I just love him so much. Want to know him. Want him to be my buddy. Like, want to mm-hmm. have correspondence with him. Like, yeah. he's just awesome. Yeah. Uh, but I felt like I didn't appreciate the film. I felt like the whole film was like he was lucky that that was his character, that that's the person he was following because just the fact that it was Jack, Reb- Jack Rebney made the film. Oh, uh-huh. But I watched it again and I really appreciated the film the second time. Like I think it is a fantastic documentary and I think uh the director did an amazing job Mm -hmm. sort of with the arc of the story and and pulling the story together and Mm -hmm. and being real honest about his frustrations with he didn't have much to go on really gosh he had nothing to go on because Jack is very very private won't tell him anything Mm -hmm. and I I just think he did an amazing amazing job so I was a little frustrated. I wanted more information about Jack. Yeah, you can't. It is so hard. Um, what we've been able to, what I've been able to find out since is that he was born in 1929, so he's 85 now. And I was trying to see if he was still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can't even find that right now. There's right. no, I didn't find a Wikipedia page about him. Right. Did you? No. Which is, how is that possible? Yeah, there's a Wikipedia page about Winnebago Man. but not about... Yeah. Now, the information that I found about him was going through, like, pages and pages of Google and reading, like... See, I gave up after, like, a minute. I was like, I can't. Yeah. No, I read read a a lot of articles and blog posts and stuff like that. So, one of the things that I was frustrated about in the movie was I didn't understand who was he to Winnebago? Like, why... Yeah. Who was he to this? Yes. How did he get the job, you mean? Right. And what was was the job like did he work for them was he hired to make the Just commercials to do the videos was he an That's actor what I assumed. yeah did he yeah no but, idea but then in the movie they talk about how he got fired from winnebago and at one point they're like yeah this was the the crew put these clips together to get him fired why uh well i think most of them were really miserable working with him for <laughs> two weeks and they seemed to get a kick out of him i thought but yeah i guess uh <laughs> And so, yeah, at one point, they're like, yeah, this was put together to get him fired, and it was given to Winnebago execs, and he was fired. Yeah. And I was like, fired from what? Yeah. So what I found out is that he actually, in 1988, when this was happening, he was a salesman for Winnebago. Oh. So he was selling Winnebago's. Oh. And he had had a big background in, in TV. broadcast, TV, uh, worked for CBS, all this stuff. So they asked him to work on it and be the spokesman for these industrial commercials. Uh, and so he was fired from Winnebago uh-huh. as a result of these clips, which makes me feel sad. 
the other thing, other just sort of things I want to get out there about him are in 2012, his home was yeah. destroyed by a wildfire. I did know that. Yeah. yeah, which is sad, but he's okay. He does have Twitter. He's on Twitter. He's at Winnebago Man. But I think he, I haven't, just haven't, there hasn't been anything recently. And I think that he, he's obviously in touch with the director a lot and he says stuff to him and then the director is like this is from jack and oh okay um and it's cute stuff yeah uh, but there's a local connection a local seattle connection oh in the early 80s he lived in seattle and he was the general manager of the seattle sounders the soccer team at the time what? Uh, yeah, we had a soccer team in the late 70s, early 80s here called the he Sounders. He was the general He was the manager? GM of the Sounders for a year. And so there's an article. So many random things. I know. I know. He did so many things. So there's a Seattle PI article from 1981 where they're talking about this new GM who's coming in. And in it, they say he was a producer and director for CBS. He owned and operated a designing construction firm. He was a search consultant. Uh, a national search consultant in Seattle for six years, meaning he was a recruiter. And he was a youth soccer coach. Oh. Can you imagine him as a youth yeah, soccer coach? he'd be great. <laughs> Would he? Yeah, I think so. I think those kids probably learned a lot of words. <laughs> yeah. I mean, can you imagine, like, if the game isn't going right? Yeah. I think I would, well, I would have loved it. It would be I hilarious. Um, it might not have been for everybody, though. <laughs> and so that's, you know, some stuff that we know about him. The other part that I wanted to talk about, I don't know if I can talk about it. It sort of upsets me. Or I don't quite know how I feel about it or how to verbalize it. Is the people that they were talking to about these viral videos and, and like, people who get caught up in it. They were interviewing these guys and these people who are like, oh, yeah, it's all about humiliating the subject. And it's the joy of watching somebody be humiliated. And they were calling them buffoons. And, you know, why would you try to find him? Like, this is, we're like the old Romans and where we want to see somebody fail and be humiliated. And that just made me feel really sad because that's not how I feel when I see these, mm-hmm. these videos. I'm not like, oh, yeah, look at that stupid person and those stupid things that he's doing. I think the way they were saying that wasn't quite as mean as the way you're describing, actually. I feel like they were like, we don't want to know more about the person. We just want to see the 30 seconds of them do this thing. It wasn't like, we want to see them fail and get hurt. I didn't really... You hear that, that come part. through. All right, that's what I heard coming through. And I was well, like, I that's heard them saying, why. I heard them saying, like, you know, this is about seeing why they become virals because people, they just want to see that 30 seconds. They don't want to know about the hospital and how much right. pain they're in. Like, that's too much. Right. They don't want to get that connected to it. So I actually didn't think they were being that aggressively mean about it. Okay. It just sounded a little bit harsher to them. Well, to me. it's harsh to, like, make your living off finding videos of people hurting themselves. Right. That's harsh. But. Right. Or making an ass out of themselves. Well, and there are anyway. Well, just, there are some people that like the responses that these these people get when they're in a viral video. Like, <clears> you're <throat> stupid. You should kill yourself. Oh, you I are, mean, that's just it's the people who are mean about it is. Yeah, and I don't think those guys are those type of guys. No, 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 I don't think so either. But anyway, 
Well, and then there are people that say that they think it's funny, but they're really connecting with the person. Uh-huh. Like people were saying, like about the Star Wars kid. This is on Wikipedia. A fan named Elizabeth Mur- Murphy said, contrary to popular belief, I think it is not the Jedi kid's awkwardness that keeps him in people's hearts, but his undeniable enthusiasm for what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like people really connect with them and love them. Yeah. And then there ends up being this sort of like camaraderie because you, you're like, oh, I've done that, but mm-hmm. I didn't have a videotape running. Mm-hmm. Um, and you sort of build a little community around people who really loved that, that video. Yeah. And one woman was saying in the documentary that, you know, she watched it anytime she had a bad day. Like she would tell, she told Jack, I just watch it anytime I've had yeah. a bad day and it really lifts my spirits. And uh-huh. she was like, I love you and, and thank you for that. And yeah. it was just really heartwarming yeah. and, and felt good. Yeah. But yeah, the whole, I don't know, I struggled a little bit with the whole why we watch these things and and we want people to be humiliated. Yeah. Like, I don't, I just agree don't, with that. I don't, I just don't watch them. I mean, I know I watched this movie, but I mean, sometimes I've been, it's just like someone will send me something or, you know, but it's, I don't know. I just don't. I don't really have a lot of interest in viral videos overall. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't. Well, for me now, there's so many of them that it really just it's does depend. It is exhausting. I mean, there's one every day. Did you see this thing with this? Except the one with the with Chewbacca lady. Obviously, she knew. See, what I like about that is right. she knew. She might have gotten some, I like some mean something. I don't emails or whatever. But she was fully aware of. She intended for that to be on the internet. Right. Like when you catch someone doing something, like with Winnebago Man, I do feel bad that this stuff was going around, and he didn't know. Like that makes me sad. Right. I think that's an invasion. Well, like the Star Wars kid, some and kids that's an found invasion. it and put yeah, it on. That's right. so different than like Chewbacca woman putting it on herself. That's I'm obviously I'm okay with. Why wouldn't you be okay with that? Yeah, and that was versus, an amazing video. That was hilarious. Yeah, it's very very good. But so like that, I watched and like asked you if you saw it. But yeah, but even on like. America's Funniest Home Videos. I don't like the ones where it looks like somebody got hurt. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. And I don't like the ones where people do things to their kids. No. Like scare their kids? Right. So mean. Or the whole teasing them about the Halloween candy. Mm. I ate all your Halloween candy. No. Not nice. Not nice. It's not good. No. So we'll be watching America's Funniest Home Videos and, you know, we'll be laughing and then something like that will come on and I'll just sit up straight and be like, that is not okay. Yeah, and like give this like big lecture stuff. about how it's yeah. not okay. No, it's mean. Um, but yeah, Chewbacca lady, hilarious. Mm-hmm. But even you and my husband were like, did you see it? Did you see it? And I was like, I saw it, you know, heard a little, about I it. heard about it. Yeah. I had absolutely no interest in seeing it because I'm... It's viral video fatigue. Mm-hmm. There's just so much out there. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Winnebago Man. Fantastic. Definitely see it. It's hilarious. If you don't like swear words, don't, don't watch, watch it. it. I liked the Ben guy. I did director. too. Yeah, I thought he was, was great. Cool. Yep. Yeah. And I liked his his friend. I like Jack's friend. Yeah. 
He's so nice. Yeah. It was just a good movie. I'm glad you liked it. I knew you'd like it. Feel good, funny, mm-hmm. has a good story, mm-hmm. has a good heart. The film has a good heart to it. Mm-hmm. Jack has a good heart he to does. him. Yep. The director, Ben, has a good heart mm-hmm. as well. Just good mm-hmm. people all around, mm-hmm. it felt like. Mm-hmm. What else did you want to talk about with the movie? Anything else? I wish I had a Winnebago. Oh. So much. I loved all the photos of all the old Winnebagos. Yeah. I would just love to have an RV. Because I love them so much. And where would you go and why do you love them? I would just go to a parking lot. <laughs> Sit there. They have those. Yep. Right here in Seattle. Uh-huh. What would you do in the parking <laughs> lot? Watch TV. Okay. You want to just live in a Winnebago? Mm-hmm. It's kind of what having a house is like. Mm-hmm. But you want the ability... I don't want to walk to my car anymore to go to the grocery store. Oh. I just want to get up and go to the steering wheel. <laughs> and drive to the grocery drive store. Drive to the grocery store. Do you want one of those big ones or a little one? Mm-hmm. Big. Really? Gas guzzler. I would be terrified to drive a big one what oh my gosh really i would have a panic attack Mm -hmm. driving it not on the open road yeah but i would need to park it on the outskirts of town you can't drive those in the city you never even see those in the yeah then people tow cars behind them so that then they can drive around in the city yeah i don't i don't get it i would want a tiny one yeah and then if I got to a place that I was going to stay for a while, I'd maybe like rent a car to tool around in. Yeah. But I would like to have a Winnebago, too. I think they're cool. <laughs> but a small After one. After all that. Oh, it's a small, small one. <laughs> they're filming uh, one of the Fifty Shades of Grey movies in Seattle this week. And we're shutting down the viaduct uh, to do filming. Really? Yeah. There's another Fifty Shades of Grey movie? I think there's like two or three books. Mm-hmm. I've never read the books. I never saw the movie. Yeah. But that means that there are like maybe some famous people in town. Mm. Have you ever seen anybody famous? In Seattle? Yeah, just walking uh, on the street. Just Dave Matthews once. Okay. Mm, John Kerry. Just walking down the street? At a store. Really? Mm-hmm. I saw Michael McKean. Who's well, that? He is... <laughs> He is uh, Lenny of Lenny and Squiggy. Oh. But I saw him. Where'd you see him? Just walking down the street. In Seattle? Uh Uh-huh. He was here, I think, the, what was that? The Wind Blows. What was that? A Mighty Wind. Um, Oh. I think they were doing a tour of the music, and so I think, like, the, the band from A Mighty Wind... What was The Mighty Wind? It was like a mockumentary, I think, about an old... I, I don't know, because I haven't Gosh, seen it. I re- but an old... I remember that. Like, yeah, folk band mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so they were going around <laughs> and doing their music, mm-hmm. like, as the band. Uh-huh. So I was walking around at lunch, and he was just walking downtown at lunch, and he was looking up at the sky, and he was looking... You could tell he was just uh-huh. soaking in... Seattle. See the tall one? Yeah. Uh And looking at the buildings and stuff. And I was like. You just recognized him? Oh, yeah. And he's so tall and I'm so short that I was like looking up at him (laughs) as he's looking up at the sky. Yeah. And I wanted to say something, but 
it was, you know, really fast. And I'm not good with famous people. No. All right. Are we done? Oh, I guess so. Well, that was episode two of Beagle and Pants. Thank you for listening. Thank you. You burned yourself on your coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was trying to be really quiet. You tried to be quiet. <laughs> I see you like looking like Winnebago man, like like waving around, basically. <laughs>